Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on quite a few fishy things going on this Friday here on Right Spokane Perspective. I hope everybody out there is safe and sane and you all are preparing for a God-filled weekend for sure. Now, Thomas Aquinas was one of the church's most celebrated defenders of the faith. Yet just three months before his death, something caused him to leave unfinished his Summa Theologica, a massive legacy of his life's work. While reflecting on the broken body and shed blood of his Savior, Aquinas claimed to see a vision that left him without words. He said, I can write no more. I have seen things that make my writing seem like straw. Before Aquinas, Paul too had a vision. In 2 Corinthians, he describes the experience. Whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows. Was caught up to paradise and heard unexpressible things. Paul and Aquinas left us to reflect on an ocean of goodness that neither words nor reason can express. The implications of what Aquinas saw left him without hope of finishing his work in a way that would do justice to a God who sent his son to be crucified for us. By contrast, Paul continued to write, but he did so in the awareness of what he couldn't express or finish in his own strength. In all the troubles, Paul encountered in the service to Christ, he could look back and see in his weakness a grace and goodness beyond words and wonder. You know the drill, folks. Father God, you are a loving and compassionate God. Please give us the courage today to look for an inexpressible sense of your presence and strength in our weaknesses. In your son's Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we definitely need to find some strengths in our weaknesses in our food production plants, and maybe that's, you know, some bad wiring. I don't know what it is, Mike. The national news over the last year or two, all of these industries are are heavily regulated. I mean, they got people from OSHA in there for worker safety. They've got food production standards that they have to apply to their industry basically and make changes based upon state and federal regulations. These big plants are huge investments for investors, banks, cooperatives. We're talking about sometimes farm groups that are involved in funding these operations where there's, I would say, a plethora of corporations and agricultural entities that have a stake in these facilities. And there's just been this one burned, that one burned. There's one over in that state, one over all the last couple of years. And just this last week on Sunday, there was an egg production facility in Connecticut that burned. And of course, we're sitting here in a time where everyone's complaining about the price of eggs. Another thing about eggs, Mike, this is really weird. Online, social media, a lot of folks talking about their homegrown chickens that aren't laying eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen it on your Facebook feed, but it's strange to me. Now, a lot of that, I think, has the last couple of years, people have gotten into raising chickens for egg production. Now, the wintertime is a time where they just slow down on production. You need to have heat lamps out there. Oftentimes, they slow down the most production if the chicken's a few years old. Mm-hmm. But chickens don't lay eggs their whole life. When the chickens start getting, you know, three, four years old, you're going to see a re- huge reduction in production, especially during the winter time. Typically, you know, commercial egg farms may only keep chickens for two years. I don't know. My number is about three, three and a half years, and then chicken soup. 
<laughs> so for folks out there that are, are questioning that, apparently some people had some problem with food. Obviously, you need the right mix of, of protein and elements of your food so that you get good production. You need to have good hearty shells so you can give them oyster shell supplements. A lot of times, the best thing to do for the shell stiffness of homegrown chickens, which I think a lot of people now, I mean, looking at the price of eggs, more and more people will be raising their own chickens. Always feed the eggshells back to the chickens. Don't throw them away. Always feed the eggshells back to your chickens. If the shells start getting a little bit sloppy or loose or thin, tell your family, you know, save all the shells. If you give away eggs to your family, neighbors, things like that, make sure you get the shells back and feed those shells back to the chickens. What was first? I'm trying to remember the order, chicken or the egg. Anyways, (laughs) back to the eggplant. So we've got this facility that burned well it was just may 31st another facility that produces eggs burned i guess in in minnesota so it's really fishy to me you've got all of these food and it's not just eggs there's lots of different kinds oh, of yeah food i mean over the last couple plants. of years you bet i mean we've had at least 20 plus yeah. food processing plants food plants in general just go up and smoke right uh, and, blow you and, up. And, and you and i pay attention to the news one oh, of the yeah. things we do is we like to pay attention to the news and i remember stuff two three four five years ago that we right. reported because there's something fishy going on right exactly never in my life have i seen this kind of was it a proliferation of food manufacturing disasters yeah. I, maybe we'll call it that i guess but you know the nice thing is is that uh, the fish farm hasn't caught on fire yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. But I think it. that's the only you know, kind of plant that produces food that hasn't caught on fire is a fish pl- a fish farm. So, <laughs> geez, we're going to scratch my head and have to think about that one for a little bit. Why not? Oh, <laughs> right. Everything else is going up in smoke, that's for sure. But, but that, the, as far as the canning facilities and those kinds of things, I, I, I can't speak to that. I just know that the fish farm itself. Right? <laughs> yeah, big time, man. Anyway, you know, I'm sure that a lot of listeners out there would definitely agree because for at least the last week, maybe two weeks, that is what you are hearing as part of the main offering of mainstream media. Is they've got they're out there interviewing uh, professionals in the chicken growing industry, if you will, and right. they're talking about avian flu, and they're talking about you know you can't do this with that, and yada yada. And it's like everybody, but watch out! There's going to be so many people getting into the chicken farming you know industry here. It's 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 going to be a catastrophe you know and it's nothing but fear-mongering to the max you know to deter people from going out there and being self-reliant it's also you know obviously if it bleeds it leads and they like to the press likes to you know headline those things but we do have to start thinking about our food production and how centralized it is. And it's a national security issue. Period. It is a natural security issue. And if we and we've talked about it here, just like the pig issue, right? Where you've got our pork production is mostly owned by China. Yeah. For some folks that don't eat pork, that's not a problem. But they want to eat beef, that means we've got to have some pork. Otherwise, yeah. we're still eating beef, and then the people that don't eat pork aren't going to have enough beef. <laughs> I think it is a national security issue. It's something that we need to address. And we have these government regulators. You know, the, the legislature wants to continue to grow regulations and do things that control citizens, and they take portions of their state budget to, you know, expand background checks for firearms, expand inspections of this and that and the other thing. It's kind of like my father-in-law's old deli where they've county government charged him $100 to tell him his hot water tank wasn't leaking. (laughs) So government's always expanding these things, but apparently they're not inspecting these huge centralized food production facilities because they keep catching on fire. 
I mean, the government's already deeply involved with all of them. So more government is not the solution, obviously. Right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to kind of switch gears here a little bit. Got a couple more store closures I wanted to let you know about. And this comes from The Sun, a UK-based newspaper. Three biggies here, folks, and here's how the story goes. Two legendary retailers with thousands of stores are closing locations next week. And again, like I said, I'm going to add a third. Now, Walgreens and CVS plan to close locations starting next week. And what we're talking about, I've taken a look at the article, taken a look at the list, and so far, nothing here in the Spokane area is going to get touched. But closures among the drugstores are expected within the next few years as companies try to keep up with the digitalization of services. What they're saying, folks, a lot of these stores that are shutting down outlets and whatnot across the nation and around the world, they are now go into digital retail and things to that So basically, and, and they probably have a short, they've got to figure out how to deal with the inventory they already own. That's correct. They got to keep their corporation intact to deal with their investors and sell off the strip malls and the stores to hopefully hopefully churches or something and then probably you're just going to sell to amazon because if you want online based stuff i mean it's kind of like the the whole thing with macy's going online that was one we had talked about a couple weeks ago right the closure of more of their stores why would you buy the same product at xyz store when it's on amazon for 35 cents cheaper and you're already there buying the other stuff oh you betcha man so more centralized issues going on here that i think we're gonna have to deal with the antitrust stuff again in the future because how online can it become and then when you start thinking about how online can it become these packages that get delivered by multiple different Oh Uh, yeah, you bet. You know, delivery services, you got the Amazon guy drops a package in the morning. You got the FedEx guy package gets dropped in the mid morning. Then in the afternoon, you got the the UPS guy stops by and then you got the packages get brought by UPS gets dropped off at your house. It's getting to the point where it might just be more environmentally friendly for you to get out in your car and drive to the store and buy your own stuff instead of having five trucks show up at your house that are belching diesel, right? <laughs> no doubt. I, mean, I, I would just think this is something the lefties would like to address. I mean, yeah. if you start thinking about miles driven per product, now you got people, instead of going to the store, buying the clothes that they think they need for school season, though this onesies and twosies and threesies purchases here and there and everywhere, you got trucks constantly on the road trying to deliver this stuff. It also raises the cost of goods eventually now of course they don't have to pay for a box store so there's that efficiency but i think if we went all online purchases think of how many delivery trucks and ups trucks and vehicles would be driving around delivering people's stuff from all these different sources on a daily basis exactly do you think you would drive to the store every day mike no but don't you think that if you go to online purchases and you just go on oh you're like oh instead of adding it to your shopping list you just go online and order it that's are they all going to show up on the same day Probably not. So where's the efficiency there? Yeah, you betcha. You know, I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to think this through sure. because, sure. Why? Well, let's not forget. You know, part of the reason why these stores are shutting down like they are, you know, it, it it's not just the inflation. It's not just the price increases and the supply chain issues that they've got. But we're talking about theft and shoplifting also. Oh, that's a huge piece of you it. You bet. Yeah. You know, I mean, at least one of your big box stores is doing what it can to thwart the shoplifting and the theft and they basically are removing all of their cashiers and going to the automated cashier machines okay and they just got done upgrading the electronics over at walmart on all of their automated checkouts 
right. to eliminate or minimize the amount of fraud that occurs from shoppers too. Well, right. And well, and I heard here soon too, I mean, at Walmart, you've got to, you know, not just bag your own groceries, pay extra money for the bag in Washington state. And you got to check all your groceries out, find the barcode and scan them yourself. Yep, so you do. so you're, you're your own cashier. But I also heard if you're going to buy a whole lot of items, you also have to help unload trucks. <laughs> Anyway, folks, before we head off into the break, you're going to be losing a couple of outlets of Walgreens and CVS in Washington, D.C., in Texas, in Illinois, as well as Vermont. Now, there are going to be some other store closures like we had already announced, like, you know, Macy's, Joanne Fabrics. And the third one that I wanted to throw at you is Red Lobster. Now, Red Lobster's got 670 stores worldwide. They're going to be shutting down 5% of the outlets. Those outlets are going to be located in New Jersey, Texas, Florida, Ohio, Missouri, New York, and Virginia. That's a lot of store closures. Okay, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Are you considering selling or buying a home this year? Call Jennifer Swisher at 509-220-5373. Perhaps you'd like to buy a home and have been discouraged by the high prices and lack of inventory. In this challenging market, you want to have an ethical advocate, a real estate agent with years of local experience and proven results. So what are others saying about Jennifer Swisher? Well, Bob and Debbie Johnson had this to say. We've used Jennifer Swisher for four deals over the years. She's been professional, timely, and kept us well-informed each time. We plan on staying in our current home for a while, but when we move again, we wouldn't use anyone else for selling our current home. How about Lexi Riggin? Here's what she had to say. We used Jennifer to buy our house three years ago. I highly recommend her to everyone. She's responsive, kind, understanding, knowledgeable, and wants the very best for you. And finally, Melissa Burke, a fellow realtor, and this is what she had to say. Jennifer Swisher is a five-star agent and more. I've listed and sold three homes with her, and I've always been so impressed with her professionalism. She's very knowledgeable about the market and immediately has the house listed and open houses scheduled. The entire process from listing to closing is seamless, which makes the sale an enjoyable experience for both buyer and seller. So what do you say, folks? Call Jennifer Swisher now at 509-220-5373. We want to thank God and you, the listeners, for the opportunity and ability to continue the Right Spokane Perspective radio show and podcast programming. We sincerely thank you, Mike Fagan, for your 12 years of dedication to our listeners and guests of the Right Spokane Perspective, and we wish you well in your sabbatical and anticipate hearing from you again from time to time. Listeners, it's because of your support we will continue to bring you facts, commentary, and alerts on what's happening in local government, politics, and issues affecting us all. Please send your most generous support to Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, P.O. Box 7620, Spokane, Wa 99207. Thanks again, and back to the show. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on quite a few fishy things going on this Friday episode here on Right Spokane now, Perspective. Now, all those store closures we were talking about before we went off into the break, Mike, it's, it's amazing to me that I haven't heard the word Target yet. Oh, I know. I've, I've heard all the other names, and I was predicting, I think it was sometime in October. I think Target October. was one of the first big box stores that went woke. Yeah. Well, I think I think they're, they they lost stores. And, and they wanted, Target was one of those stores that wanted to change their model. And they wanted to go online some, but they wanted to create little micro stores. They were looking at maybe instead of having the big box store, they would just put a small outlet in some of these strip mall locations. I know that some of those have popped up around the country, but I, I figured some of them would be closing just like, I think it was at the Family Dollar 
or the Dollar General, General one of those. Something, yeah, one yeah, or the other. They, they were closing a bunch too. So you, you got some, uh, some more digital <coughs> information. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it's a follow-up to the store closures, and we specifically want a key on the digital retail side of this, folks, because whether or not you knew this, cybercrime is currently running at about $3 trillion a year. What is coming out of this meeting of the WEF over in Davos is the fact that cybercrime is going to be ex- increasing exponentially. We're talking about going from three trillion a year to ten and a half trillion a year. Three trillion to ten trillion. So this cybercrime, this isn't just what the big box stores experience, those accounts being hacked, if you will. Right. But the cybercrime, I think a big portion of it's actually government, kind of like that Nigerian prince scam that took, you know, not just unemployment benefits here in Washington. We heard about it in Washington mostly, but it hit. they hit a bunch of states yes. that had weak monetary systems around, you know, financial programs like unemployment. So a lot of the scams and theft and fraud came from government entities that had those technological digital hacks. So, oh yeah, you betcha, man. I think that, and it's just going to get worse and worse. And you know, I mean, that, but, but here's the, these guys in Davos that have, you know, they, Mike, they know how the world works. We're supposed to like everything they do. Remember, we're going to own nothing and we're going to like it. That's you right. know, that's these Davos guys. They know how to organize the world for us because they are just, they're the people. They're, they're the ones, they're like the gods of finance and control. And of course, it's tyrannical and horrible. And they're wrong half the time. And if they were smart, they wouldn't sit be sitting there talking about how there's $3 trillion of digital theft now, but it's going to be $10 trillion. Well, if these guys are so mighty and powerful, why don't they do something about it? Why don't they stop it, right? <laughs> I thought they're the ones that are the big investors that own all of the tech companies that control all this digital stuff well who knows maybe a couple of the ceos of the 500 plus ceos that go to these stupid things every year are behind massive cyber theft and whatnot of course they are i mean so if you if you have a digital transfer of trillions of dollars what do digital transfers require a transfer service right so you're going to pay a fee across some kind of platform to move money yeah, that's for sure. That's pretty much always the way it goes, right? Oh, yeah. or, or there's going to be a bank somewhere that holds the technology to do the digital transfer, right? So I think that, yeah, there's probably organized crime there. So maybe the alarm bell, since they let the press into this Davos meeting for the World Economic Forum, maybe what they're doing is setting up their own con. So they say there's $3 trillion, but it's going to go to $10 trillion. How do they know that? Because they already know they're going to do it. <laughs> that could be, man. I mean, if the, and even if it's only that they get 3 to 5% of it, who cares? You know, they're still making money. Oh, that's a ton of money. It's all about the Benjamins, brother. <laughs> Big time. All right, your next headline, folks. This is a funny one. Talk about delayed justice, but boy, (laughs) sitting real good with Mike and Tim. Here's your headline. FBI official who investigated Trump-Russia collusion arrested for colluding with Russia. No. And here's your story. In a hilarious and astonishing turn of events, one of the FBI officials who investigated Donald Trump for supposed Russia collusion has now been arrested for Russian collusion. Former agent Charles McGonigal, who headed up to counterintelligence for the FBI's New York field office during the Trump-Russia saga, was placed under arrest for allegedly taking payments from Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska. What was he pay- being paid to do? 
Now, according to CBS News, McGonagall and an interpreter named Sergei Shostoskov agreed to investigate another Russian oligarch that Paka was targeting. A former top FBI official in New York has been arrested over his ties to a Russian oligarch. Law enforcement sources told ABC News on Monday. And, you know, the funny thing about this story, too, is the fact that there is a file on Hunter Biden's laptop where Hunter Biden and Charles McGonagall's wife are conversing back and forth about various things. At least it was just them talking, because I heard that there was lots of other files on there. There was more than talking happening. Uh, yes, absolutely. But, but obviously, but it is funny. Russia. Yeah, it's funny where all of these connections are being established well, it right seems, now. It seems to me, though, too, I mean, this is CBS News, right? Yeah. So you see the deep state, they have to do something, because the information's coming out because of Hunter Biden's computer. And because Americans, you can only lie to us for so long. They're like, hey, this is bad. Came from bat soup. And uh, oh, we all of a sudden have this vaccine. It's great. Works 95% of the time. Oh, wait, it doesn't work at all. You know, they, so, <laughs> no doubt. so they lie to us over and over and over again. And they can do it for a few years. But eventually, at least part of the truth comes out. And part of the truth with the whole Russian collusion thing that they screamed from the mountaintops for five years about Donald Trump and the Republicans and the, the Russians. And wait a minute. They're the ones that have been doing it all the time. We knew, most people that were paying attention, we knew that there was collusion with Russia going on with the Hillary Clinton campaign. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the reason why they make an arrest of an FBI official is because he's FBI. Nobody really pays attention to FBI because half the time it's not even their real name. They're really <laughs> obscure individuals. That, who knows where they live? Who knows what their family, you know, history is? They'll just kind of look like they're getting uh, in trouble and then they'll disappear. They'll uh, go to a nice resort in Russia and live out the rest of their life with a nice retirement. They should be doing is arresting the politicians that were pushing for this collusion to happen to yep. try to create a narrative Absolutely. to control the outcome of an election. Yeah, you bet. And you know, I want to talk about misinformation, disinformation. They were screaming at us about for several years <laughs> and holding people accountable for trying to change the outcome of elections. Hello? Where's the arrest on all this? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. man. Again, delayed justice, and who knows? We may see something over the next couple of years. Who knows? We'll just, and I'm not going to hold my breath because I'm you know what's going to happen. I'm not going to hold my breath yet, but I sure I'm hope that the House Republicans <laughs> start doing some stuff because really what it is is we know that there's a two-tier justice system. We know that depending on who you know, the law gets enforced on you differently. That's right. Just like for us working class people, they know we can pay the fines. That's why they're busting you for jaywalking. And, and they're not busting the homeless guy. And not the drug addict walking yeah. half naked down the center of the street. Right. So you're going to pay the fine. They're not. So same thing when you're talking about the political ruling class. If you're corrupt and you're doing deals internationally and, you, you know, obviously there's corporations that are involved and there's money changing hands, they're going to get protection. Yep. You bet. And that's what they're doing right here. Okay. Well, let's oh, hope. Come on. Natural gas, Mike. <laughs> Remember the sale of natural gas? That was just in the, in the news this last week. Yeah. The sale of natural gas to China. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you betcha, man. And I deals had, with uh, Hunter Biden and the big guy? Yeah, you bet. And, you know, speaking of the big guy, all week, man, they've been finding all of these classified documents everywhere this guy goes. They found some over at Mike Pence's house. So now the discussion is kind of taking, heard, a, taking a bit I, of a I heard turn. there was a big sale of classified documents at Staples. <laughs> and, it, and it comes with, you know, it's kind of like their programs that they sell. It comes with free access to things sure. like Russian oligarchs and foreign corporations. <laughs> no doubt. No, no, no doubt. Well, anyway, at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, just know that there is no such thing as protected or classified or secret no, documents no, no, wait a in there. Washington, D.C., except for Epstein's flight log and, and client, client list. list. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. That there one is are, still classified and top secret. There for are some, some reason. classified documents. We'll, we'll never know who killed Kennedy, <laughs> right? We'll never know who uh, Epstein's client list was, but of course all this other stuff that's out there. And, and what's interesting to me is that who decided that they were classified and why? Yeah, exactly. Was it classified that CIA agents or maybe other FBI agents set up the collusion scheme and they're not the ones taking the fall for it? Yeah, who knows? Are are the classified you know, the, are the, the classified documents the interactions that happened on Air Force Two that the vice president used and had friends and business constituents flying around the yeah. world? And are we overclassifying things? Are we stamping them top secret and secret just to do it? You know what I'm saying? And that has nothing to do with needing to be kept secret. Well, of course it does. It's just like the the Public Disclosures Act or the Freedom of Information Act, the FOIA. Some things that you'll try to find out from the government will be so redacted you won't even know what the document says anymore. Exactly. Exactly. All right, your next story. This is going to put a smile on some folks' face. Here's your headline. Xbox will force gamers to power down to fight climate change, touting the first carbon-aware game console. Now, Microsoft announced in a recent news post that it will force gamers into powering down their Xbox consoles in order to fight climate change as part of the company's campaign for building a more sustainable future for gaming. The company announced its intention to become a zero-waste company by automatically switching gamers into shutdown mode to conserve energy. Microsoft also claims that if two gamers use their proposed power saving method for a year, it is the equivalent to planting one tree. The company's environmental impact goals consist of being carbon negative, water positive, and zero waste company by 2030. So, so the logging industry is not our problem. It's the video gamers. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. No. <laughs> the equivalent of, of two users that use shutdown modes on their Xboxes is, is the equivalent of, of one tree. Of uh, planting one tree. <laughs> you know how much wow. toilet paper you can get out of one tree? Just, <laughs> a lot. You no, know, there was the shortage there for a while. <laughs> now, Microsoft is rolling out an update to the Xbox console starting today that will automatically switch them to a power-saving shutdown mode instead of the usual energy-hungry sleep mode. For most consoles, a sleep mode means that the machine puts out minimal energy but is still able to download, charge, peripherals and keep the users games open where they last left off now microsoft claims that their energy saving shutdown will use up to 20 times less power than the sleep mode however it will eliminate the ability to remotely turn on the system and overall will take longer to turn on now this is crazy i mean i, I 
they're making this prediction that it's going to save so much energy. Do they know any gamers? <laughs> do they do they realize how many energy drinks are now on the market? The energy drink creation and video gaming acceleration in the sales. These guys don't sleep. They play video games 24. <laughs> no doubt. We, we just had a period of time when we had the lowest labor participation rate since 1947. Oh, yeah. And part of that had to do with we had a bunch of World War II people that couldn't work because they were missing limbs. Yeah. Right? Big time. And and so, the, and, and a lot of other reasons too. So they think they're going to save the planet by having the, the video games shut down fully instead of going to sleep mode. And, and it's just, I don't think it's a real big big deal but you know what it means that the video gamers are gonna have to start over more frequently if they don't remember to save the document <laughs> that just, is very well you know, said you, for you, sure you better finish that level because if you walk away and you're gone too long getting your snacks your chips and your your energy drink that game is gone pal big time I think all that's of that hilarious. being said you fathers and grandfathers out there gather up the family glorify and praise god give the family a great big hug and a kiss remind them that you love them a lot take them somewhere nice this weekend mike and tim we'll see you on monday bye-bye